1: Hi outings. This is the Something Scary Podcast, I'm your Ate Sapphire. Do you believe ignorance is truly bliss? Have you ever received a message that you thought you were probably better off never receiving? That's what today's episode is all about, unwanted messages that disrupt our lives. First, we'll follow a courier on his way to read a letter for an illiterate family Then, we'll step into the mind of a young medium who communicates with spirits whether she wants to or not. And finally, we'll make a friend at a hospital who enjoys playing with tarot cards. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. at snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. And as a member, you get private live streams with me, special behind-the-scenes content, and a chance at a personal response from me about your scary story. And some of these stories have made it into a video or podcast. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. Okay, I know I've been blabbing on a bit at the top of this episode, but before we continue, I want to tell you about a pretty interesting email I received, and I know you'll find it interesting too. So if you listened to the Haunted Object episode two weeks ago, there's a story about a girl named Brooklyn who was given a bear that housed the spirit of a girl named Rosalita. I'm not sure if this is actually the same Brooklyn that's messaging me now, but uh, here we go. Hi, my name is Brooklyn. I gave you a story a while back about a stuffed bear named Rosalita. I finally figured out what she meant when she said she had to take her heart with her. I've been having problems with my heart. The doctor says the heart muscles aren't moving properly and it's not pumping the right amount of blood. I've already had two small surgeries for internal bleeding but the doctor said I'm going to need another heart transplant. I asked when the surgery would have to go down, and he said August of 2020. That will be my 21st birthday. I'm pretty sick at the moment, and I've only recently been released from the hospital, but I'm very scared, and I would like you to tell this part of my story. I don't know all that's going on or how the story will end, but I do know that I could potentially die on the operating table. Every time I listen to you tell my story, I now get chills. Rosalita still hasn't told me anything and only moves from place to place from time to time. She's been silent ever since I submitted my story to you. I guess what I'm asking is to let people know that I'm going into surgery and there is a chance I won't make it. I've heard this so many times from my doctors and family members. I'm terrified. I have even thrown Rosalita into a bonfire at a family gathering, and three days later, the bear was laying in the middle of my floor covered in ashes. I put her in a safe with a special combination that only my grandfather knew. She appeared on my bed a day later as if the fire had never touched her. Rosalita hasn't spoken to me since. I should be celebrating my 21st birthday, not dreading it. Wow, that's pretty heavy. When I made the video about Rosalita two years ago, I remember all the comments were asking for a follow-up to make sure that you were okay, and I thought it was kind of sweet. So, Brooklyn, if that really is you who emailed me, I want you to know that we're all going to keep you in our thoughts, and we all hope that your surgery goes well. So, want to hear the something scary? scary? The, the, messenger. Messenger. the following story was inspired by a submission from Victor. This is a story his grandfather told him. Victor's grandfather, Ricardo, used to work as a mail and message man. This was back when people communicated primarily through letters or Morse code. Because not everyone was literate, he was hired by people who needed someone to write their letters for them. Sometimes he'd be called to read aloud letters that had been received. One day, he received an urgent request from his employer via Morse code. Family needs your immediate assistance reading a letter. Double pay. It was the middle of the night, and the address was at least an hour walk away, but Ricardo was fine with it if it meant more money. So he put on his coat, grabbed a lantern, and headed out. It was pretty chilly that night. The wind was gently whistling, the crickets were softly singing, and the only light was from the moon and Ricardo's lantern. He decided to take a shortcut through the wooded area of the town. The trees blocked out most of the moonlight, but Ricardo wasn't afraid of the dark. He had been walking for about 10 minutes when he noticed a very small, flickering light up ahead. Curious to know what it was, Ricardo picked up speed towards the light. As he came closer, he saw a handsome, sharply dressed, middle-aged man trying to light a cigarette. Hey, the man called to him.
0: Wanna give me a hand?
1: Ricardo walked up to the man and shielded his cigarette so that the flame wouldn't go out. He stunk of tequila. You probably shouldn't be smoking, Ricardo mentioned. The man looked at him with a smile. He sounds just like my wife. What are you doing out here in the middle of the night anyway? I could ask you the same thing, Ricardo said bluntly. He was never one to shy away from expressing his thoughts. The man chuckled and held out his hand and introduced himself as Javier. He gestured with his cigarette. What the wife doesn't know won't hurt her. So where are you headed? The street by the old church. I'm headed that way too, I'll walk with you. And so the two men began to walk side by side. Javier was very chatty and opened up to Ricardo. He confessed that he had gotten himself into a very bad situation and owed a lot of terrible people a lot of money. But tomorrow he was going to confront the boss and negotiate a deal. There was a pretty high chance it would not end well. Ricardo asked him if his family knew about any of this, and Javier laughed. My wife thinks I'm a traveling salesman. If she ever found out where our money actually came from, I'm a dead man. They reached the church, and Ricardo spotted the house he was looking for. It was a modest home, surrounded by a low fence covered in unique decorations Ricardo had never seen the likes of before. As he knocked on the door, Ricardo had completely forgotten about his companion, But when he turned around to say goodbye, Javier had already left. The door was opened by a small boy who led him inside. There, he was greeted by a visibly upset woman. The inside of the house was decorated with even more strange amulets and charms. The woman thanked him for coming at such a late hour and shoved a letter in his hands. Ricardo read the first line out loud. To the family of Javier Garcia, he paused. He silently read the rest of the letter to himself. With every word, his eyes grew wider and wider. His heart dropped deeper and deeper. Your Your husband husband is is a worthless worthless piece of of shit. shit. He's He's now now underground underground where where he belongs. belongs. And And if if you you don't don't send send the rest of of the money money he owes us, you'll join him too. too. Ricardo stared in total disbelief at the page in front of him. The woman was pestering Ricardo to read the letter aloud. He turned to Javier's family and said, your husband is fine. Um, He was sent on a last minute, very important trip. Um, It won't be long before you see him again. I'm sorry, I have to go. Good night. Ricardo left the house with a knot in his stomach. The family was in danger, but he just couldn't bring himself to tell them the truth and ruin their image of Javier. Once he reached the fence, He found Javier was standing just on the other side, but he no longer looked clean cut and put together. His face was battered and bruised, his suit drenched in blood and sweat. His limbs were contorted in horrific ways. He saw Ricardo and lifted his unlit cigarette with his mutilated arm.
0: Hey, wanna give me a hand? Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
1: And now, more Something Scary. Our next tale comes from J.A. Hey, Sapphire. The subject line is no joke, nor is it clickbait. Yes, I am indeed a medium I'm sure you're aware of the basis of what that means, so I'll spare you the long, drawn-out explanation. I have so many stories to choose from, but this one really captures the trauma I experience from time to time. I had just graduated from high school and was still living at home with my family before moving into my dorm. My younger brothers were still in school, and my parents were off to work every morning. This meant that for the next few weeks, I'd have the entire house to myself. One day, everyone was going about their day as usual. My brothers left for school. My parents left for work. And I slept in. Just another day of being a lazy bum, as my mother would say. I roamed through our small three-bedroom apartment with my boyfriend on speakerphone. He was playing Call of Duty at his house. I made myself breakfast, and sat down at the dining table. As I ate, I could see a tall shadow float past the edge of the table, out of the corner of my eye. I rolled my eyes and groaned. My boyfriend asked if I was okay, and I said that I had a feeling that I was about to be annoyed. You see, spirits have a tendency to do either one of two things. Either they hover around and just stare at me, or they show me their past. I usually don't mind being taken down memory lane if it's done respectfully. The whole process calls for the spirit to literally live through me. It's sort of like slamming two cars together. It doesn't hurt at all, though. However, some spirits are impatient and don't like to wait for permission. They either charge at me head on or sneak attack me from behind. I went to put my dishes in the sink. On my way back to the couch, I stopped in the bathroom to wash my hands. I could see the shadow hovering at the door. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I had a feeling that this shadow was going to be pushy. By the time I was done washing my hands, I thought the figure had disappeared. Turns out, it had just moved around the corner. When I took a step to leave the bathroom, I was knocked slightly off balance, but remained standing. I looked ahead of me, to see puddles of blood in the hallway connecting the three bedrooms, bathroom, kitchen, and living room. A man in all black walked briskly through the kitchen doorway, swinging an axe at my head. Just as I jumped backwards into the bathroom, my vision cut back to normal. I slowly slid down the doorway sobbing. I had completely forgotten that my phone was in my hand and my boyfriend was on speaker. He spoke with genuine concern when he called me baby girl and told me to calm down. He asked me what happened over and over, and I finally told him about my near decapitation. He's known about my abilities since we began dating, which comes in handy in times like these. He coached me to my feet and suggested I go back into the living room to lay down. I had barely turned the corner when I was knocked back into the same place. Only this time, from a different perspective. I looked down to see that I was a larger woman in what appeared to be the back of a butcher shop. The same man with the axe pushed a thin metal table aside and began walking towards me almost as slowly as Michael Myers on Halloween night. I began running towards what I knew to be my living room. My vision began to switch in and out, almost like static. I saw my couch one second and a man's bloodied corpse the next. While trying to get away, I tripped and began scooting backwards. I finally understood why the girls in horror movies did it instead of just getting up. Eventually, I backed into the window and was caught. I soon learned that there were actually three men dressed in black. I'd rather not go into gruesome detail about the things the intruders did to what I gather was the wife of the butcher that owned the place. When the vision was done, I broke into a panic attack. I was clutching my cell phone for dear life, so much so that my caramel complexion was beginning to turn pale. I could hear my boyfriend practically slam his controller buttons into pause. He begged me to explain to him what I saw, but he had to get me to calm down first. I spent the next 30 minutes sobbing, gasping for air, rocking and explaining the gruesome trip I just went on. I never saw Mr. and Mrs. Butcher again. I usually never do after spirits tell me their stories. I just hope they found their peace. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, that sounds absolutely terrifying. I a hundred percent believe in um, psychic mediums. I feel like when a lot of people hear the word psychic or medium, they they immediately think of you know the movie version that they've seen. Um, somebody in a turban in a crystal ball, but all a psychic or medium is is um somebody who is so in tuned with all of the energy around them and sometimes that means picking up residual energy from traumatic events that took place in a location, and that can be really traumatizing. Um, I know a lot of other people who also experience the same things, and it's so much on them that they stay home all the time, they can't leave their house because they're constantly bombarded with these images and visions, and that can take a toll on somebody you know like it sounds really cool to be like wow you could read minds or you could see the past and the future but in reality it sounds exhausting and so ja i hope that you have found a way to strike a healthy balance between your present and all these visions that come to you
2: angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well
0: We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
1: Our final story today comes from Drea in the Philippines, a girl diagnosed with anemia at a young age. This story covers two things that I am passionate about the Philippines, and tarot cards. Ever since I was diagnosed with anemia, my friends were no longer nice to me. I was in the third grade at the time. They would leave when I came up to them. They would talk about me behind my back, and they would call me names. Some friends they were, right? One week, my mom and I went on vacation in Manila, Well, not really a vacation, but that's what my mom called it. She worked part-time as an assistant manager at the hospital there so that she would still have income. And while she was working, I had to stay in one of the rooms, which was fine with me. I was already used to what it was like in a hospital room and used to being alone. Every day, I lay on the bed, watched TV, and ate snacks my mom would give me. My mom's friend, Rain, was given the task of babysitting me at the hospital. One day, Auntie Rain was in the room with me until she got a call from a co-worker. I'll be outside, okay? Don't go anywhere. I just have to take this call. I'll be back in a few minutes, she said. And with that, she closed the door, leaving me alone in the room. A few moments later, I heard the door open. I turned my head towards the door, expecting it to be Auntie Rain but it was a boy. He was around 12 or 13, something like that. Oh, I'm sorry, he said. I thought this was my room. I was on my way from the snack bar, but I think I took a wrong turn. I smiled at him. Are you new here? I asked. Yeah, a little. My name's Nick. Short for Nicholas? I asked. Yeah. I'm Drea. Not short for anything. He giggled. It's kind of boring in my room, he said. Do you want to come over and play a game? I was startled. It'd been a while since a kid had been nice to me. It felt really good. That sounds really fun. I stood up to leave and then sat back down. I almost forgot. My auntie says that I need to stay here until she comes back. Oh, that's okay. We can play here. He sat on my bed and took out a deck of tarot cards. My eyes widened. I've always loved things involving magic, but I'd never had someone give me a tarot reading before. These are beautiful, I said in total fascination. Thanks. They were a gift from my mom. She painted these herself. I smiled and asked, Can you use them on me? He laid out the cards in front of me, face down, and told me to pick one. I pointed at one, he looked at it, then placed it face up on the bed. Strength, he said. You were a strong girl, weren't you? I smiled and said, yeah. What happened? He asked. I got diagnosed with anemia about a year ago. He frowned and said, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It wasn't your fault, I said. I heard the door open. It was Auntie Rain. Oh, who's your friend? She asked. This is Nick. We were just playing with cards. Nick waved at my auntie and then gathered his cards. I should probably head back to my room. I can finish your reading tomorrow. Is that okay? The next day, Nick came back when Auntie Rain left for another call. He made me pick another card from the deck. Just as before, I pointed at a card and he picked it up to look at it, but didn't place it on the bed just yet. Huh. Huh. I never actually knew what this one meant. He showed me the card, the fool. I never knew how to read tarot cards, I just liked them for the pictures. He told me to pick my third and final card. I pointed at one, and he looked at it. Oh, shoot, he said. I'm sorry, Drea, but I forgot my mom's waiting for me. He gathered the cards hastily and shoved them in his pocket. I'll come back tomorrow. The next day, he came back at the same time, but this time he didn't have his tarot deck. Instead, he brought a playing deck of cards. We played cops and robbers for about five rounds, then he said that he had to go. It went like that for the next few days. He would bring something to play with, and he would go even before my Aunt Rain came back. One day, he came without anything in hand. He sat down in my bed. What's wrong? I asked. He looked at me. I'm just sad that you're going home today. I noticed his arm. He had this thin woven bracelet on that I hadn't noticed before. He said a tearful goodbye and left the room. My Auntie Rain came back and said that my mom was getting off work soon and we were going to head home once I finished packing. As we left, I looked back and saw Nick standing at the entrance. He smiled and waved. I turned to my mom. Mom, can my friend Nick stay with us for a little bit? I asked her. And to my complete surprise, she agreed. I thought she must have been okay with that since she knew how hard it had been for me to make friends and she saw how happy Nick made me. So, I ran to him and told him that he could come stay with us if he wanted. He smiled and went inside briefly to ask his mother if it was okay. When he came back out, he had his backpack and games and was ready to go. Nick lived with us until I was in seventh grade. He became like another member of our family. He even came to school with me every day. Every now and then I'd ask him if his mom missed him but he'd always say that everything was fine. One night when it was time for bed, I noticed that he was sadly standing in the doorway. Drea, it's been really fun staying with you, but I have to go now. I left something for you in your backpack. Open it tomorrow, okay? I frowned as he left. My parents were still up downstairs, so I went to tell them. Mom? Nick is leaving tonight. She looked at me. What? Nick is leaving. You know, the boy we picked up from the hospital a few years ago? She looked at me. Drea, I know it's hard, but you'll be okay, she said. But he's my best friend, I explained. My mother's face now looked more concerned than empathetic. Drea... It's time to accept that he's gone. Nick never came home with us. Silence. My mom handed me her phone and showed me her camera roll. I remember her taking photos of us together. The time when we built a fort in my room? He wasn't there. That time when we played in the rain? He wasn't there either. The time he went to the park, he wasn't there. The time on the playground, he wasn't there. That time when we drove home and he was sitting in the back seat, he wasn't there. The time we played with the deck of cards, he wasn't really there. Your Auntie Rain said that he died a few days after you met him, my mother said. But you kept pretending like he was there, and I played along. But it's time to let go, baby." You can't keep acting like a fool. I finally understood it. The fool. I was being a fool to think he had been with me. I was being a fool to think he was right beside me the entire time. I cried myself to sleep that night. The next day at school, I remembered what Nick had said, that he had left something for me in my backpack. I fished around inside and found a white envelope Addressed to me, from Nick. My dear little Drea, This is to thank you for all the times we've had. I hope you have a good life. The bracelet I was wearing at the time was a red band given to me by the hospital. Do you know what that means? I hope you do. Remember when I tried to read your tarot cards? I put the cards you picked in this envelope. The first one represented your past. The second represented your present, and the third card you actually never saw. I didn't want you to see. That card is your future. Thanks again for being my friend. I'll see you soon. Nick. I took out the cards. There was strength, then the fool, but the third one, I froze. I looked at the card thoroughly to make sure that I was seeing it right. I held the card in my hand. Death. Today's stories were edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sindalo. Music and editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sindalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarls.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams.